0: Sefer Bereshit, Parshat Vayachi, on legacy and introspection. This week, we at long last bring to a close the book of Genesis, Sefer Bereshit, here with Parshat Vayachi, meaning, and he lived. The Parsha begins, and Yaakov lived in the land of Egypt 17 years. So the days of Jacob, the days of his life, were 147 years, and the time drew near that Israel, that's Jacob, must die. Here we see, friends, the end of the era of the patriarchs and the matriarchs, and on the horizon, the challenges of Israel becoming a substantial nation. This leads us to ask, what is the legacy that Yaakov will ultimately leave? For the bulk of this Parsha, Yaakov is on his deathbed, reflecting on the events of his life and his hopes for his family's future. While Jacob is given with a certain amount of predictive power, we can imagine that as the last patriarch, he is still afraid for what is to come, worried whether the promises of the past will be fulfilled. Rightly so, the way he spends his last moments is with the blessing of his children, his sons at least, his daughter Dina, is missing from the scene. Yaakov gives each of them an idea of what is in store for after he's gone. We can learn from this Parsha that death consciousness is potentially a gift towards moral actualization. Asking ourselves, what do we wish to leave in this world? What do we wish to accomplish in this life? Can inspire moral clarity. Pirke Avot teaches this same lesson more explicitly. Know from where you come and where you are going and before whom you are destined to give an account and reckoning. From where do you come? From a putrid drop. Where are you going? To a place of dust, of worm and of maggot. Before whom are you destined to give an account and reckoning? Before the king of the kings of kings, the holy one be blessed. Friends, in his final moments, knowing he was edging close to death. The songwriter Leonard Cohen told the New Yorker magazine, at a certain point, if you still have your marbles, you have a chance to put your house in order. It's a cliche, but it's underestimated as an analgesic on all levels. Putting your house in order, if you can do it, is one of the most comforting activities and the benefits of it are incalculable. Thank you, Leonard Cohen. Knowing we have finite opportunities to answer, here I am, he name me, when confronted with the gap between what we've done and the potential we're called to fulfill, we can find both discomfort and relief. Discomfort in knowing that we've certainly wasted a good chunk of our God given opportunity to be a blessing in the world and yet relief in understanding that we can let go of the expectation for a perfectly spent life and instead focus on the work of repair, of tikkun, that still needs to be done. Friends, imagine if someone came to you and they offered you $86,400 every day for the rest of your life. The only condition is that you had to spend every penny each day and that you wouldn't be able to save a dime. Amazing deal, right? But this is what God has given us, 86,400 seconds each day. Not one of them can be recovered. Each moment counts. Perhaps one approach to this kind of accountability is the concept of writing an ethical will. Most people, when they talk about a will, are talking about financial inheritance. An ethical will is when we leave our life's teachings to those we leave behind. In creating one, we can consider what acts of loving kindness, do we want to be remembered by? What will our loved ones have learned from the way we treat others? How do we respond when things become difficult and our worst inclinations are brought out? What are some of the character traits we want others to emulate and which do we not? The focus on our lasting influence can't be one of self-absorption. The idea of legacy shouldn't primarily be about honor. Instead, the purpose should be that we feel the responsibility that emerges from our privilege of existence. Legacy is a way of holding ourselves accountable. This Parsha, Vayechi, is a reminder to do such inner work of Panimit, not only as a gift to those we love, but also as an exercise to gain clarity about how to best respond and how to best spend our precious time. Yaakov, after blessing his children, dies an ideal death, you might say, old and surrounded by his offspring, and is buried, though not in Egypt, where he's been living. Rather, Joseph honors his father's desire to be buried in the land of Canaan alongside Abraham, Sarah, Yitzchak, Rivka, and Leah. Our one missing matriarch, Rachel, had died in childbirth while traveling and was buried separately near Bethlehem on the road to Ephrat. Finally, our Torah portion and the book of Genesis concludes with Jacob's son, Joseph's death at age 110. His last wish is for the children of Israel to know that they will be taken back to the land, promised to the patriarchs, and that he be buried there. Friends, we all have the moral burden of honoring the legacies and blessings of those who have deceased. At the same time, we carry the burden to be morally responsive to our own unique moment. In the Jewish tradition, we've inherited a treasure trove of commandments, ethical teachings, and practical wisdom. Determining how we apply that inheritance in our attempt to tackle evolving human indignities, such as food and water crises, inadequate healthcare, mass incarceration, Prejudicial hatred, violence, and much more is an ever challenging and ever changing challenge. This Torah portion, a kind of curtain call of Genesis, marks a major transition in our journey through the Torah. When Jacob, the final patriarch, dies, it is the end of this grand chapter of Jewish history. And it's not just closing one book of the Bible and opening another. In Exodus, the Israelites are becoming slaves. They go from an empowered family to an oppressed population. In our current Parsha, the children of Jacob are a tight group, safely gathered together. When we turn the page next week, they will be an enslaved people, massive in number. This is the beginning of thousands of years to come of Jewish struggle. In a legacy message, we don't know what is to come next. Even Jacob couldn't know everything. So we reflect on the past, we dream of a future, and we offer our most humble vision. However, we also carry the humility of uncertainty. That's what it means to be mere mortals, to be vulnerable and unsure, and yet morally clear and robust, even with the radical uncertainty of the future. Our sense of justice has continuity in the Jewish tradition and it has progressions. Therefore, we seek to study Torah and to learn the ancient wisdom around justice. And yet we must also remain alive to our contemporary moral challenge.